Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. Today is a fabulous day. I want to let you know that we are in the month of beautiful May and uh, the flowers are blooming. The weather is good. Summer is right around the corner, although that doesn't mean anything to us when we're in the beauty industry because we just keep plugging along and focusing in on making the world a more beautiful place. My show today is pretty diverse and um, I'm excited to be able to like always share with you guys what's happening in beauty and some of the key, wonderful, beautiful people that are also in beauty as well. And listen, I... For me, being in this industry, I feel like most of the time, it's a family. I feel like most of the time, the people that I've been in business with and have acquaintances with in this industry are all about not just being friends, but certainly being family. And in beauty, we have a pretty diverse group of people that go in here. So men, women, heterosexual, gay. I want to make sure that I cover all of those uh, those letters. So LGBTQ, there might be some more on the end that I didn't get to. I apologize if I didn't. But I want you guys to know that this is one of the industries that um, is powerfully creative, amazing talent, um, complete acceptance, and an overarching moment of just love and um, admiration for each other. And I'm really excited to be able to introduce you to my guest today and therefore beautiful gay men in the industry that have chosen a path in beauty. And uh, I want to welcome you guys to the show today. And we're titling it Beauty Queens. Wow, Beauty Queens. Hmm. <laughs> I still thought I was a princess with the tiara. I didn't have, earn the crown yet, but thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I was thinking you were going to be wearing a tiara. So let me, do a quick, <laughs> let me do a quick introduction of my guest today. So we have Christian James. He's really the brainchild of this idea. And it came in a conversation that we were having not too long ago. And he, uh, he's like, boy, women are getting a lot of attention. And I'm like, damn right. We need to be getting a lot of attention. You know, the Me Too movement was really big. All of this controversy. Women are starting to have a voice again. And, it, and, it, and, and as a woman, I got to tell you that it did feel very good. But listen, I am, I'm, I'm pro everybody. And when Christian suggested that maybe we get some great, talented gay men together for a show and call it Beauty Queens, I'm like, I'm in, and let's figure out who else might be in as well. So he's the authentic creator. He's my friend. He's my unofficial business partner and collaborator, and that is Mr. Christian James out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome, Christian. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, good. All right. So then we have the smart, savvy, super passionate servant of education. And I believe kind of a, a, a level of customer service. And that's Mr. John Simpson. Welcome. Hi. Thanks, honey. There is the sophisticated and elegant artist that I think has um, is, is a true artist and in many platforms. But we're lucky enough to have him in beauty and in hair. And that's Mr. Christopher Dove. Hi there, Bonnie. And Hi then, of guys. course... Welcome, you guys. So glad to have you. And then there is the realistic, practical, but incredibly engaging educator and colorist that you cannot help but love, and that's Mr. George Alderetti. Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. 
Yeah. So welcome, you guys. Um, I want to have this conversation with you because I want to make sure that we're being completely authentic and open and honest in it, but also sharing it, you know, and I think that that in our industry, there is so much diversity and there is so much love and acceptance. Um, my first question is really is just, you know, you chose a path in beauty and I think that there's a stereotype that happens with, you know, beauty and gay men, but there's also something that's incredibly creative about uh, a lot of people in our industry and why we choose it. But I'm curious as to maybe why you chose beauty and how did that relationship between you being gay and coming out and beauty all manifest? And uh, who wants to go first? Who's going to take it? Okay, I will. All right, all go, right. Christian. So my journey started when I was about 23. I decided to go to beauty school. Um, it's so funny that we're talking about being, um, being gay and being in the industry because at the time, my girlfriend actually suggested that I go to beauty school. So once I, once I did that, it was sort of like when I walked into school for the first time and I was like, wow, like this is the one place where I can totally be who I want to be. I can be as creative, I can look as creative as I want, and I got total acceptance. In fact, I think in some ways, being a man in this industry, we sort of like are elevated, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit um, just for being male and being gay. Um, so, you know, it, it's just been a wonderful thing for me, uh, 25, 30, 25 years of being able to be creative in who I am every day um, has just been a pleasure. Oh, that's awesome. And yes, I have that very same question. Why? Why do clients like clamor to you guys? I mean, what is it? What's the attraction here? So thanks, Christian, for sharing that. And thanks for, thanks for being honest about all that, too. All right. Who's going to go next? I will. Okay, so great. I had this really great influence as a child. I was with my grandmother. There were three women in my, my life always. That was my aunt, my mother, and my, my uh, mother. And I would always go to the salon with two, the magic flair every week. And there was a gentleman by the name of Charlie and Charlie did her hair and he was married and his wife ran the front desk. But I was always enamored by the fact that the way he made them feel and what he loved doing and just the way he dressed and the style that he had and the environment that he created for all these women. And I just loved that kind of a party atmosphere, relaxed, just kind of fearless type of attitude that they all had. And I really got to understand women a little bit better. And so what it helped me to do was I was working for my father years later in construction and I had a female roommate that was a makeup artist and she took me to a Christmas party at a salon that she was in and I saw and met all these wonderful people. Um, and the next day I was working in the site, um, in the construction site and I looked at my dad and I just told him right there, I want to be a hairdresser. And he's like, really? Wow, let me think about this. Uh, yeah, I think he was taken back a little bit by it because mm -hmm. I hadn't come out yet to him. And um, he built my first salon. So that was oh. really, really cool. Um, but the people that I had got the influence from the evening before was a little place called Cassandra 2000, which was Sebastian. So those were the people that I was influenced by. I had no idea who they were, what they were going to create in the, in the industry. And that was my influence. And that's why I got into it is because I really loved uh, all the beautiful people that were involved in it. 
That's awesome. Was your father surprised by this or had you already come out, George? No, he was surprised. He was wondering kind of why, who the people I was hanging around with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then there was this little guy named Ralphie that picked me up one day and he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to meet me down on the corner. (laughs) But instead he showed up at my house in like really tight jeans and a real flamboyant shirt, a scarf. It was the 70s (laughs) with big platform shoes. And I'm like, Ralphie, what are you doing? With an afro too, by the way. And I was just like, what are you doing here? And he was super, super gay. And that's when I think they kind of had an, an idea of like, okay, are you a little funny? And I walked out of the house and said, no, mom and dad, I'm hilarious. And I just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's a great story. Well, we're glad you chose beauty, George. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely... Um, post on our Facebook page, Beauty Inside and Out, in the group, some of the work that you guys do so people can also be envious of um, the talent that is uh, all sitting right here with me today. So, perfect. All right, Christopher John, you're up. Okay, um, I'll jump in. A little like Christian's story, you know, when I first told my parents that I wanted to be a hairdresser, um, I think my mom, knowing that I was more creatively minded, you know, like all my grades at school just said, hey, yeah, he's got a book full of drawings again. And that was English and maths. So there was nothing, nothing ever, you know, on the technical side of things that I was interested in. I always was interested in art. So when I first started beauty school, my dad was opposed to the idea completely. And I think back then, what, 17, 18 he probably had more of an idea of what my future was going to hold than I did because, like, I was a late bloomer. I was, like, literally 38 when, you know, I came out and um, had already been married and already kind of established a partnership with someone that, you know, I was um, involved with both on a personal side and a business side. So my story is obviously a little different, but I think the creative side of it is the same for all of us. I think, you know, if you didn't have that creative inkling and the fact that you love creating with your hands you know I think one of the disappointing things in the industry is that people get into the business of beauty because they are creative but then when they realize how much technical there is involved as far as you know the science of hair um, it becomes a little sticky for most people and, and I think you know we lose kind of almost half the people that go through beauty school just because it's a lot more complex than they really think it is. Um, it's such a beautiful combination of the creative side of things and also the technical side of things. And I think getting that established, whether you're straight, gay, whoever you are, you know, is, is a wonderful thing because the client respects the person who is then treating them. And really, I, I still think that we're the closest thing to a doctor, you know, because we have that opportunity to actually touch people and not just touch them physically, but touch them emotionally and touch them spiritually. So I think the more sensitive you are as a person, whether, you know, whoever you are, whatever, you know, um, way of thinking you've got, I think the more sensitive you are, that the more opportunity there is to grow with the client base. And I think the client feels more comfortable with you. And I think just generally speaking, when you look at the gay culture, knowing that you've kind of had a lot of put downs through, through life, you've maybe had, you know, people who try to knock it from you. 
um, and not always in a physical way, an emotional way can be just as strong as a physical way. I think you have more of an opportunity then to kind of turn that around and be there for a person that's in your chair. And if you have a listening ear and you're willing to kind of give some advice and you're willing to kind of like listen to the stories of birth, marriages, deaths, divorces, the whole life that you, you listen to and kind of take in, then um, that opportunity to grow is much stronger. So again, having a sensitive and an artistic uh, way of thinking about things really helps. Really oh, helps. agreed. And I think compassion, you know, there's a, there's a level of compassion that you really bring um, to our industry. For in, in, you know, other than the creative side, just because you know there's there there were those hardships that you had to deal with in some of the in some of the experiences and growing up and coming out mm-hmm. and and being you know i mean and be having it be accepted and i'm i'm glad to be living in today's day where acceptance is you know just yeah. right out there but but i think we still have a long way to go yeah. i think we still have a long way to go all right john i'm ready Okay, so I think if we had to talk about gay stereotypes, now this is late 80s, early 90s, you know, for me, I probably fit out of 10, I was at least nine and a half of all the stereotypes. Um, I would you know, say probably a 10 of yeah. some of the other. <laughs> and John, can you just talk a little loud? Can you talk a little louder for me? Thank yeah, you. Sure. You know, I mean, I don't want to be a bragger. I probably was all 10 or, you know, <laughs> including new ones. <laughs> You know, I, I think growing up quick, it was, you know, kind of like George, I was surrounded by wonderful women and powerful women that I respected. You know, I was in love in reading their Vogue magazines, and I thought the sounds of their high heels were amazing. But yet, I'm the oldest of an Italian family, and I was an academic kid, and I'm still an academic, a little bit dork. But, you know, beauty college, it didn't become, it became a safe place for me to have full acceptance of me because I was still a little offbeat, I was still a little bit weird, or what people considered artistic. And, you know, whatever, you know. And I think beauty college, it wasn't that I needed to become, I I was in love with fashion, hair, makeup, and the total package. But it wasn't for me that I I craved to become a hair designer. It was just something that I said, you know what, this is, I'm going to give it a go. And it was there that I was in school. When I went to the beauty college, I fell in love instantly, you know, perm solution and setting lotion, you know, was like my cologne. But then I was there for about three days and there was a young woman named Marcy that were sitting at break and she's like, you know, I want you to meet my friends. I'm like, all right. She's like, well, you're gay, right? And I'm like, yeah. So it was my admitting to myself and those words were so powerful because then it just, it didn't become a safe place, but it became a place that I could be me and I wasn't weird. And the artistic side of things was appreciated and accepted. And I think to that thing about why so many women or women enjoy having a gay man do their hair is because I think, you know, in their words, they say that we will see them as their ultimate beauty of themselves, not Mm. trying to do replica work. And that's what I've been offered a lot. Um, And, you know, and I think it's, it, it is an industry that if we compare from then until now, you know, now it's embraced, you know, that, I mean, if you don't come to work in heels and a full face of makeup with your beard, you know, like you're such a weirdo. Um, you know, that was probably me. You know, I mean, I'm six four and always two hundred plus pounds. You know, but yet my voice—if you—if you 
call on the phone. They're like, you know, um, you know, is your husband home? I'm like, well, he is, but I'm not the wife, you know? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's always been that for me. So yeah, I mean, it's just something that it didn't become a rescue. It became me identifying and feeling ultimately comfortable to excel in everything. Yeah, that's that's a great story, and I, I love the I love the humor that you bring to it as well because that's really showcasing that you can be you. Totally. You know, that that you're not having to try to be something else in order to fit in or be accepted or anything. No, and you know, and that's that's something, Bonnie. That actually, we even still use that in presentation. You know, that you have to do you authentically because no one else does it better. Yeah. You know, bring something new to the table. You know, blow my mind. That's amazing. But still do you. I heard a, a, a statistic, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'll generalize it here for you guys, that um, a software company was developing some, uh, you know, salon software to be able to support the industry. And they created it based on the fact that, they're, that, that we are creative people and that it had to be visually stimulating for us to be guided by it. And one of the other things that they mentioned was that because there was a high percentage of people that have dyslexia in our industry, mm-hmm. which, you know, does fit into a lot of that creative world as well. Is, you know, people go down the path of creative because they see things differently and um, not based on academics and numbers and math equations and stuff like that. And I thought that was really interesting because it does kind of, it sums us up in general, um, but certainly the creative path that you guys have taken has all been, you know, amazing. And you're a huge contribution to our industry today. So I want to ask you guys the next question is really, what's your specialty? Now, I know all of you guys probably do a little bit behind the chair, some of you more than others, but what's your specialty and how did you kind of take that path of, of going down uh, a, a road that was like, I, I'm going to do more than just stand behind a chair and provide services for clients. And George, I'll start with you on this one, okay? So for me, um, you know, I was basically trained in, in everything in hairdressing. But the thing that really stood out to me was, and I was horrible in school at math. So for me to even consider formulation and doing all of the things that I love doing with color, um, and creating ratios and hints of this and hints of that for the right hue and undertone and the lending tone. Everything about that was unlike what I was like in high school. Um, so for me, that was the, the, the switch that kind of turned on to me loving it even more was the science behind it. Um, but then creating that beautiful, beautiful palette of color. And that's my specialty is that I love to do color. Um, and I like, I like the chance that you can alter that in, any way, in, in many ways or enhance um, somebody else's work that I get to work in a departmentalized salon. So I get to work with beautiful hair designers that can create a beautiful shape that I like to color. And so for me, that's been my passion, and that's the road I chose probably, I would say, nine to ten years into my career. And then from there, I never looked back. Um, so I, when I put down the shears – I just continued with the bowl and a brush, and that's what I really love doing. So for me, that was an easy pick uh, to do. So that's what I do. Awesome. And and I know you guys have said this a couple times now that, you know, maybe we weren't good academically when we were in grade school and high school, and we took a more creative path to some degree. But it is shocking how much math and science is involved in the art of hair (laughs) and makeup. 
and aesthetics and all of those other offshoots of, you know, how we classify them under beauty. So. But yeah. Bonnie, I think what it is too, is it's not that it's the ABCs of it. It's the creativeness of taking an A, a D, you know, an E, putting it together and being creative with it and have a ratio of something coming out that's really beautiful in oh, yeah. anything in hair yeah. design. And well, I think that's what makes but that's sense. what keeps our focus, I think, for me, speaking about myself, that helps me to keep my focus and, and keep it really even keel that way. So that's why I think uh, being creative in this industry helps us that work very good in school. Yeah, and, and some of George's color work is phenomenal. And it's, it's not, I mean, in some cases, it's not over the top. Sometimes it's just elegantly beautiful and very Thank fitting. You to the models and the clients that I have seen your work from. So it's really. Oh, thank really you cool. very much. I appreciate Christian, that. What about you? What, what's your specialty? Um, well, it's kind of changed over the years. Like I went to school, beauty school in the nineties. So I was the perm king. Like if you wanted a perm or a spiral perm, I was your man. Um, and then they sort of went out of fashion and I sort of switched to um, being more of a colorist um, like George, Haircutting, uh, like Christopher mentioned earlier, is really about math and science and angles. And like, I am totally confused by all that. I'm what you, I, what, what I call myself a hedge trimmer. Like I can get it to look the way I want it to look, but I have no idea how I got there. So, um, so I stick with color. And then I'm really, I really enjoy like avant-garde pieces and avant-garde wigs and all that kind of stuff, which we don't get to do behind the chair very often. So that sort of work doesn't get seen on the street very, very much. Um, it's more of the artistic, creative art side of hair. Um, that's where I really find my passion and what I really love to do. Um, but being behind the chair, you know, you, you, I have clients that I've been doing for 20 years. So like you're pretty much trying to evolve them over time and slight changes um, through, you know, through the, what am I thinking, like through the fall and winter and spring mm -hmm. and make sure that they know what's fashionable and what's coming up. Um, but I don't really get to do a lot of that crazy creative stuff that I love. So. Yeah. And uh, Christian is, uh, and I think all, all of you guys to some degree might hear it, have, have participated in, a North American Hairstyling Awards, which is kind of like the Grammys and, and the Academy Awards for our industry. And so we've got, an, you know, an enormous amount of talent just across this, this uh, guest list right now of people that have been honored and awarded for the type of work that they've done. So, all right, John and Christopher, I know you guys are in this together. Um, give us a little insight. You can go back and forth or one at a time. Yeah. You know, I think hair color is always something I was drawn to. I was, you know, like everyone else, it was, as I was introduced to all elements of beauty, as I said before, I've been really in tune with that. You know, I wanted to do, I, if you need me to do makeup, I'll do it because I love to paint, you know, and if I, I cut hair, I style hair, I am more not only just in the creative side, but I always have to answer why and, and I have to be able to deliver how. So I think educationally for me, that's definitely... Always. So in my head, I always start at where the visual is of where I need to see it. And then I backpedal to be able to tell how. So hair color for me allows me to tie together the science of and the mathematical equations that I actually personally like. Um, so corrective hair color for me has always been something. So I say about 85% of my day, like many, is the extreme makeover. But it's simple mm -hmm. makeover. 
understanding why. And I can do that with hair color for sure. Yeah, think, that's awesome. I think with myself, I'm kind of like, I'm actually, my zodiac sign is Scorpio, which is very creative. And I totally fit that. But I, sometimes I feel like a Gemini because it's kind of split into a couple of different things. Like Christian, I love all the hair pieces, the wigs, and really kind of going for the showy side of things, like putting a show together. I'm at my most excited. I just love the, you know, the visual of the glamour and, you know, seeing the model kind of come together from head to toe and literally, you know, head to toe. So yeah, so putting a show together from head to toe is one of the things that really excites me. I love making the hair pieces, you know, resourcing the jewelry, finding a designer to make the collection and everything. So that's one side of it. Since, um, you know, back behind the chair, I'm kind of known for the problem solver. So if there's something that happens in the salon where someone either comes in with a major color correction or something happens inside the salon, it kind of gets passed over to me because I'll kind of work out a way of making it right. And it kind of thrills me in a way because when you see a really bad color correction and you know and now even better with Instagram because you can kind of post the before picture as well as the after mm -hmm. really showcases what you can do um, it, it drives me crazy on one hand that it's got to that stage to begin with but on the other hand I love kind of sorting out and problems solving how to get there and looking at the final image and knowing that you've been able to kind of take something that was so ugly to begin with, <laughs> make it really beautiful, you know, and for the client to be really happy with it. And I think it's, again, that, that thing that we, we have, it's an innate gift that all hairdressers are given that we want to please people. We want mm -hmm. to make them look beautiful. We want to make them feel good. And that's what we do. So, you know, the bigger the problem, the, the bigger the result in a way from the client, you know. Yeah, you I love that. I love that, that, you know, we really are on some level true servants and we do want to please people. And there's nothing more, you know, a feeling of gratitude than having somebody feel good and look good at the same time. You guys, this is interesting. I'm loving where we're going with this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to kind of share a little bit more about these boys because they, they're being very shy about all of their accolades that's going on here. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to kind of boast them up a little bit and, and get them going with what they're really all about. So stay with us because when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what clients are asking for right now, how they're providing that service. And then I want you guys to all think about this. What, what famous person right now are you infatuated with as far as their look, their hair, their kind of, you know, beauty, fashion-forward approach to things? Um, and then we're going we're gonna to continue to keep talking about some trends and everything that's going on in the beauty industry. So stay with us. We will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. 
From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beauty Inside and Out. We are, uh, we're talking to the beauty queens today, and I've done kind of an a informal and personal introduction to all of them, but I want to give you guys a little bit more insight to them because they are truly amazing men that have chosen the path of beauty and um, are bringing nothing but wonderful looks, opportunities, artistic uh, approaches to everything that they're doing. And George, you know, you, you were being awful shy there. I know you're out of Atlanta, Georgia, but you're the ambassador of Kuhn, um, which is a hair color, hair cosmetic and hair color company in our industry. They're huge. They're a global company, and you are their main ambassador representative for this. So um, you've been working for them for how long? Seven years. Um, years, yeah. yeah, but there's a few of us that are global ambassadors that we get to work together on a global um, platform. And then for North America, they, um, I am the creative ambassador for them in North America. Oh, so, perfect. Good. But I get, yeah. to, I get to work with a wonderful team of people that have, are really talented um, in many, many different ways. So right. I'm really honored and humbled to be with such a wonderful family oriented team. Yeah. And plus you're on the color council for the Intercofure which yes. is a very, very high-level organization that um, brings salon owners together to be able to connect, educate, and further all of our um, existing business and education. So congratulations on that. And I also get to work with these two beautiful gentlemen down here um, mm-hmm. on the NAHA committee. So I um, love doing that as well. Yeah. So the yeah, and, and that's awesome because I get to hear different perspectives, um, especially when we're, we're competitors in what we do on our own, like, I think I always compete against myself. Um, and so it's interesting to hear our take when we're talking about, you know, different collections and the beautiful work that comes across to all of us. It's really, it's, it's just kind of enamoring. It's just, it's honor. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you're bringing, you're bringing that honor to all of us in the industry as well as uh, clients and models too. And Christian, Christian, uh, he's out of Scottsdale, Arizona. He works independently um, at Shade Studio, but he is not telling you, but he's created a Facebook page for hairdressers in his community to be able to continue to add on additional support, education, and opportunities for all the uh, hairdressers in Arizona. And I think it's kind of, you know, it spreads out beyond Arizona, but the focus is really being able to bring a community of hairdressers in that state together and pr- continue to provide for them. And you got 10,000 plus members going on there. Uh, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a second job, third job, and fourth job to do that, but it's really been a huge contribution, I know, to that community. And um, you're continuing the fight to keep the license protected and the professionalism at its utmost. So thank you for that. 
Uh, plus, you are a two-time finalist for the North American Hair, three-time finalist for the North American Hairstyling Awards um, in a couple different categories, avant-garde and... Editorial. Editorial, yeah. So Christian's work kind of exceeds what typically you may see as on a salon client because he has he does have that creative flair to want to really expand the boundaries of what he's capable of. Um, so it's but it's beautiful work. So thank you for your contribution in that as well. Yeah. And then John and Christopher, you guys are not only married, but you're in business together. And so tell us a little bit about the venture that you started. You know, I think Christopher and I, if, you know, you know anything about our history is great. If you don't, no problem. You know, but we do. Um, in short, Chris and I were the global leads, um, the faces of two opposing German hair color manufacturers. So surprise, when we got together, um, the, ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate thing is us to come together as a brand that we call Co-Create. So Chris and I learned very early on that neither one of our opinions are the best opinion. We had to come up with a new opinion. And it's been powerful because I think our work, our combinations, our, our strengths have even grown greater. And I think they've had edit. Yeah, absolutely. So Co-Create is an educational academy designed for hairdressers to be able to learn from these two amazing gentlemen who have spent an enormous amount of time traveling the globe and teaching other hairdressers how to be able to do some of the creative work that they've been able to manage. And I got to say, what the, the work that you guys do is... It, it certainly falls into that category of fashion, but it's wearable. It's stuff that I would wear. And I kind of find myself as a classic, you know, bohemian conservative approach to things, but it's work that I would wear. And um, I, I, I appreciate and value when I can see the type of work that you guys do. Um, and if you were closer to me, I'd be going to you like, okay, do something fun here. Cause I'm uh, not quite as adventurous as I'd like to be. And, I, you know, and on top of that, you guys have, you also work behind a chair. You've both been salon owners. So you've, you have a world of um, knowledge to be able to continue to share with the industry, but also cater to the client as well. Yeah. So, thank you for being here. You guys are amazing. All right. So you guys, here's the thing. I want to know what clients are asking for today. I mean, at this point, we have this very diverse uh, landscape of you can pretty much see a lot on Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook. You've got YouTube videos where people can learn how to do pretty much anything they want to. But the fact that we're still all service providers and you can't get a haircut over the internet, I think still does add some value to our industry. And, and I know that each and every day we're trying to up-level the professionalism, up-level the quality of work that we're capable of doing and the quality of people that we want to become. But what are clients asking for right now that you're seeing as uh, the kind of the go-to trend they're coming in for? I think uh, clients in general, you know, as John mentioned earlier, whenever they come in, and especially if it's a new client, it's pretty much a color correction. Because, you know... Oh, interesting. Yeah, the pictures they bring in are all from the, you know, Instagram and, you know, maybe Pinterest. And, you know, they may come in with, like, a few inches of regrowth, old highlights, color that's faded out, maybe something they've tried at home. And one of the phrases that John uses is they call it a band of brothers because literally you go through the history of the hair and you look at all the different things that have gone on in that. 
And you've got to then assess the hair and try and get it into some kind of formulation that works and kind of quickly because you're behind the chair, you know. The timing is so different from if we're preparing something backstage for a show or a photo shoot. So, you know, I, I think um, even though they don't really know it, a lot of clients that are coming in are really needing color correction. And, you know, a lot of the visuals they're bringing in that they're, uh, they're wants are kind of the shadow routing, the kind of balayage effect, the hair painting, you know, different kind of degrees of light. It may be a mixture of baby lights and a balayage effect through there. It may be kind of a shadow root. Definitely, definitely ashy. Oh, my God, if I heard the word ashy one more time, <laughs> people are really want that smoky, ashy, kind of yeah. almost the gray still, which, you know, was a trend a few years ago, but it's kind of now dwindled down into lights rather than being a full head, you know? Yeah. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Completely, completely agree. You know, I do think the shadow rooting, the signature highlight money pieces, the wraps, you know, it's a lot of traditional and it turns into a twist. But it is, I think, to Chris's point, it is all corrective. You know, it's these, the, anyone that has said that balayage has allowed you to decrease the client visit, I think is just crazy talk because mm -hmm. these are the most high maintenance services that anyone could ever want because there are multiple things going on. I think it's about then the business savvy side of it on customizing for that guest on how they need to upkeep it. But that's definitely there. The shadows, the micro lights, baby lights, and then all of the painted pieces to go along with it. And you have to nail the tone. Nail it. Um, and it has to be white, and you are never going to compromise the integrity. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah. there, there, there's, the, there's the conversation right there. Will you do me a quick favor, John and Christopher? Yeah. Will you define baby lights? Yeah, baby lights are it's a very, very fine almost like a slice versus a weave, you know what I mean, like a micro slice. And then the sections that you leave out in between really kind of make the difference of uh, it looking like a general highlight. And, and the mm -hmm. fact that it's not woven in and out. Yeah. So there's not, not that stripey effect necessarily going yeah, on with the hair with like, a baby light. When you see hair, it really doesn't have those highs and lows as much as the highlight gives it, especially if you're using a lightener. So doing the slice, it gives it from the root all the way through the same effect as like a natural blonde head of hair would have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Thank you for describing that because I'm hearing that a lot in our industry and I know at this point when we are using it as a term, sometimes our consumers yeah. don't understand what, how we're referencing it or maybe it's something that they want to go talk to their stylist and ask for. Yeah. Now, George, I know you've got something to say about this as well in regards to color correction. And I, I completely get that. And I, and I think that there's something to be said. One, people aren't, clients aren't coming back as often to maintain a look. Uh, two, they might be doing something in between to, you know, kind of have them have their look last a little bit longer. Um, but even so, you know, hair is going to naturally fade. Growth is naturally going to come out. So no matter what. The life cycle is going to change. The gray is going to get even more dominant. Right. All of those things are effect. But here's the responsibility and the accountability that I think styles is, as a stylist, what you need to do. Because they're also coming in not just for the quality of work that you're doing or what they are swiping you and asking for, but you're the real resource now. 
You're not digital. You're in real time with them. And that visit becomes more valuable to them than just swiping along and not knowing who that impersonal person is that they really like. So you have that personal option to give them. And it's your responsibility to really have them to understand when they should be there, how to maintain it, what you can offer them in your maintenance program with them and continue the growth in the relationship because they're going to court you in the beginning. And then as the relationship grows and you fall in love together, then it just becomes more not a courtship, but it is a marriage. And it's a true, it really, it's a partnership it really is. It is in a partnership. order for them to look at their best. Christian, what about you? Do you feel that that same kind of category that it's more corrective color than a color technique? Um, yeah, I think corrective color, like, like John said, I think almost anybody that comes into the salon, if it's a first-time client, there's some sort of color correction going on. I, sometimes I feel like... Um, when you sit down with a client for the first time, they can tell you hundreds of things that they don't want, but they never are really 100 of what they really want. So I think um, as a hairdresser and as a creative person, it's sort of the language of the I don't wants in order to achieve something that not only is beautiful for them, but also has something for me at the same time. So I like to consider myself a commissioned artist, like for a certain thing, and then I get to inject a little bit of my personality or my creative side. And, you know, we work as a team to get to that point. Yeah. So I want to kind of like do an overarching comment to all of our listeners that are clients to a salon that, you know, if you are extending your time in between that recommended time with your, what your stylist is suggested and or maybe not using the maintenance program or products that are being recommended to you, then the chances are you're going back into the salon and it might take more time, more product, and more money in order to bring it back to what you want. So uh, my suggestion would be is to really, if the, if the stylist isn't giving you that maintenance and partnership relationship, Create it with them or find another stylist that maybe is going to serve your needs better because really, honestly, nothing's worse than feeling like you have to start all over again with a look when you loved it the last time. So how do I keep this look that I love over and over again? And I think, it's, I think, I think consistency is a challenge, not only for us as hairstylists, but I think for the clients as well. I'm like your typical client. I will wait way too long and then complain that I got brassy roots. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I live with, with, with a hairdresser too. <laughs> but you know the same, you know, the shoemaker's son, always the last one to get the, get the new shoes. So, right. yeah. All right, you guys, I'm interested here. What's been going on out there with, uh, you know, some of our uh, celebrity people that you're noticing that is kind of becoming a new trend or something worthy to talk about? One of, the, one of the observations for me is, I mean, you think about how many bleached blondes we're seeing now, like full head bleached and tone. Yeah. And, you know, you think back to when Gaga kind of came back, you know, came out into the, the world of being visual, seeing the, the videos and everything. I mean, you know, that really goes back as well as far as Madonna when you think about her bleach blonde. Mm. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. With the celebrities, especially anyone that's kind of like the pop culture, 
and it has this kind of strongly bleached look. Gwen Stefani, you know, full head bleach. Um, I think it's really become a fashion want, but a lot of people just don't realize how tough it's going to be once you get there because the upkeep of that is kind of crazy, you know? Mm. And also the head, the head texture changes so much. You know, we're so lucky now that we have kind of all the plexes on the market, you know? There's so many different kind of like ways of helping the integrity yeah. of the hair that we didn't have in the past that we're in a much, much better place as hairdressers and then the clients are benefiting from that. However, you know, there's still kind of upkeep for it that they don't realize how fast the roots are going to show. You know, they're mm -hmm. going to get regrowth within a couple of weeks, whereas maybe with a highlight or with a tint, it's not as obvious. So there's, there's certain uh, responsibilities that come along with it that you kind of have to ensure the client's got when she brings in a picture of Gwen Stefani or Lady Gaga or Madonna, you know, with a really super, super blonde head. Yeah, so true. I see that a lot on a lot of the hair forms for professionals in our industry where they're kind of like they're showing the picture that the client brings in that they desire but they're nowhere near being able to accomplish that for a couple of reasons. One, it would take more than one sitting yes. to do that. And two, they're, they're a hairdresser. When they say we're not willing to compromise the integrity of the hair, listen. Listen to that intently, uh, my salon clients out there listening, because there's truth to that. They do not. They're about creating the, most, the best look and the most beautiful look for you that – um, is going to have you look healthy and your hair look healthy. So when they say it's, it's a compromise of integrity to your hair and they're not willing to do it or they're not willing to do it in one sitting, there's truth to it and trust them. Trust the hairdresser when they say that. Yeah, good. All right, who's next up for a certain celebrity look that's kind of happening out there? Well, I'll, I'll touch on her, John, if you'd like to. It's it's a, okay, you know. I'm, I'm loving the fact that uh, the softer pastels are coming in, which goes along with what you're seeing in the double processed blondes, um, that you're seeing these beautiful hues and tones of softness that are very, very, um, almost very subtle and discreet. At the same time, it's almost when they turn and you see the light and you're like, well, what is that? Is that a hint of a, of a pink or uh, something that's very, very kind of nondescript, but it's still there. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I love that. But I also love uh, the darker headed celebrities right now that are going into dimensional color that are absolutely delicious. They're beautiful. Like they're rich. I love JLo. I'm going to just oh, yeah. throw that she, one out there. She's, she's always it. elegant. She's always beautiful. It could be just smooth and straight. She's like yeah. curly head of hair. Um, so there's, there's a lot of maintenance in that. Um, and she could, it, it could look as fine and as beautiful as grain of wood, or it could be just really billowy and soft and have hand painting throughout. Um, throughout it and I like to call that foliage because then you put foils and then you paint in between so it depends and maybe baby lights so it's it's always changing but it always has a really beautiful consistent nuance of classic beauty all the way through on yeah. the dark and I, and I think that when people use the expression of JLo um, and her hair I don't think people realize the depth of warmth that's in there in order to counteract the cool Absolutely. So I think that they're like, I want it cool like J-Lo, but what they don't understand is the dimension of light, that warmth and cool create that look for her. Because, I mean, she's Hispanic. She's got dark hair and very dark yep. pigment. So, um, but she wears it well. And, of course, she probably maintains it and keeps and uses the products that her hairdresser recommends. <laughs> 
in order to do that because she knows she has to look good all the time and not just some of the time. So that's perfect. Christian, what about you? Um, I was really fascinated this year by watching the red carpet and having people like um, Charlize Theron that showed up to the last red carpet and you naturally think that she's a blonde and she shows up like a real dark brown color um, and just sort of put it out there with a pale blue dress and like women are willing to take those risks and do some extreme like color and going back and forth. Those are the people that I'm sort of drawn to. So I really like women that kind of take that risk and will go look good with long hair, willing to cut it all off, willing to change the color, um, just willing to like be more creative and more in touch with, you know, like I always tell my clients, you don't come in wearing the same outfit. So why would you want to wear the same hair every time you leave the salon? You know, it's yeah, good point. And so that's sort of my take on things. And you, yeah. like, that's why I love hair color because you can slightly change stuff. You can add hints of pastel. You can add hints of red to a blonde or, you know, go in and put like a real level one black on a blonde, which seems really super crazy, but it adds so much dimension and so much creativity because it sits next to something so light, it doesn't look as dark as you think it is. And like, I love that part of being creative and yeah. the process. And, and it was, I mean, she was stunning as a brunette, Charlize Theron, stunning as a brunette. And a lot of times I think blondes don't think that they can do that. Maybe go back to a more, a color that has that depth and maybe a very classic look to it. But she pulled it off really well. John, what about you? You know, I think as trend evolving, I think we're going to start to see this this high maintenance minimal effect of these looks we just spoke about. I do think we're going to start to see a little more of high contrast. Um, not that we're going to see stripes, but we're going to see a level two being a very dark against a level nine. Um, but I do think we're going to see a lot of different block colors coming back again. Number one, the kids that are under 25 have no idea what that look was, right? Those that did wear it the first time are totally into it because that's when they felt super sexy. But I think it's going to be done in a different way. It's not just a railroad track on the top of stripes with an underneath color that's solid. I think you're going to see lots of different movement. Number one, it's going to rescue the platinum card all over blondes. Right, as well as it's going to be a good way to transition these shadow root baby light kids into something that has more dimensionality. So I think that's going to happen. I think that you're going to start to see, like, in people that you're in, well, that I'm secretly in love with. Um, I can't lie, I love the Kardashians, Jenners. I love them. I love them. There is, um, I think there's not a show that goes by that they're not mentioned on my show. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I and I usually them. am mentioning them most yeah. of the time. <laughs> I don't live for it, but whenever you see any of them, like they give you and serve you the whole package. Like that's why I love it. Like they're fabulous, sick, everything. Yeah, and there's enough of them that you yeah. can see all of the different things they're doing and going, ooh, I like the way she's wearing right. that now. Yeah, I love it. Like, you know, I say, you know, I think that I admire all of them. You know, I would, I want the, I want to be Kylie, but I would totally be Kendall, like in my head. So like, I'm a good, I'm good with that. <laughs> well, at least that's how I see myself as Kendall. But I do think that we'll start to see um, in fashion. I think that like Zoe Kravitz is amazing. Like that, like whole vibe that's put out there is great. Yeah. So I think those kind of transition style, like, you know, and actually wearing a haircut versus just long tresses. Uh, 
But I, you know, I like the fact that, you know, this new vibe, uh, like from people like Zoe is actually, you see really good shape. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I do. I do like the idea of shape. And um, I've been admiring the uh, new cut on Miley Cyrus. And I think that you are mm-hmm. on target with the type of color that's going to start to happen. Because I can see with this shag kind yeah. of movement going on, that dimension is going to fit it better than solid color. Solid boring. color and a shag is boring. Yeah, you don't see the movement cut into that hair. Yeah. So all that dimension I see is coming back. So I, and I'm loving the shag. I'm loving the way that there's movement and shape. And like you said, it's a minimalist look. It's not a really, you know, structured look. So I think that's, I think that's going to be lots of fun. All right. So I want to make sure, what'd you say? (laughs) You're almost there. You're almost there. You're kind of a bit on a mullet ledge right now, though. Julio, I'm going to run with that, though. I like a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you guys that are listening, certainly you can watch this show that's going to be on Facebook Live. Um, so uh, it's you can enjoy it in live and in person on video as well. If the audio's fun, the video's even more fun. So that's great. Okay. I want to make sure that all of our guests and our audience know how to find you guys. So let us know where they can find you, how they can find you on social media. And if you are, um, you know, still working behind the chair and servicing clients, let them know what city you're in and how to uh, connect with you. So we'll start over here. John, why don't we just start with you? Sure. You know, our social handles, you can find both Christopher and I as our own individuals, but even bigger, it's everything is co-create, C-O-C-R-E-A-T. You know, our major is co-create.biz, where it takes you through all of our business and it connects you through our personal handles as well. Um, but at everything, it's at co-create or at Christopher Dove or at John C. Simpson. Perfect. And the create is C-O-C-R-E and then the number eight. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Good. All right. That's, that is fantastic. George, how do we find you? Um, Usually on IG, Instagram is George Colorboy Geo. Uh, And then if you go to the Facebook onto George Alderetti slash Colorboy Geo, um, I have set up like albums. So you you can see work, formulations, applications, um, there's always some type of reference to what either what I've done or what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and so I always send the link to other people that might ask a question or DM me. Um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. And I have a really great partner, Bill, who is my admin. So anywhere I'm at at any time, he'll always make me aware that there's somebody asking a question on any of those platforms. So feel free to reach out and uh, I'll get back to you. And that's Color by Geo. At Color by Geo? It's George Color Boy Geo. Just like the George Color Boy Geo. Yep. Perfect. And then, Christian, what about you? Um, I hail from Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Christian James Art, which is also my uh, email um, and also my website are all Christian James Art. So um, if you want to reach me, you can Instagram, Facebook, you know. I'm almost every social media platform I think we all use and go crazy over. And I was just listening to George and I was like, that's what I need is a partner that can help me out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone's a partner. Put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. I'm just putting it out there, you guys. Christian is looking for a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're marrying you off. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, Welcome hey, this just that. isn't Beauty Inside and Out. This could be a dating site as well here, there right? There you yeah. go. Uh -huh. Perfect. Good. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, as always, you know, the, the, what you bring to this and for our listeners and, and also for our industry. I never want to say that some of my listeners aren't part of our professional industry here, but you guys are amazing and I know that you offer an enormous amount. So I'm really suggesting my listeners listen intently to uh, the advice that they provided. Go back to your hairdresser and make sure that you're putting together a good maintenance plan. And for those of you that are in the industry, you can find all of these people out educating at professional shows, events, within their academies, and of course, under their umbrellas of the brands that they represent. So um, some of the best. Thank you, Beauty Queens. I appreciate you guys being on the show today. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Thank next, you guys. yeah, you guys are great. So next up, next week, we're going into the month of June, and that is my birthday month. And I'm a Gemini, so a crazy Gemini. Hey, did you guys see that list where they were talking about serial killers and what signs they were? No. no. You were like all Geminis. <laughs> yeah. so, but in the month of June, I really like to be a I really like to provide it as a beauty give back opportunity. And so all the guests that are going to be in the month of June are all nonprofit associations or organizations where they have something that they want to share. And you have an opportunity to not only maybe just be aware with information and knowledge, but also contribute to a greater cause that's happening. So be sure to listen in in June because it's the gift of giving back um, for me being my birthday month. So I've got lots of good guests and wonderful people and certainly organizations that need to be shared uh, fully out. And this show today was brought to you by a program that I'm offering, which is called Stages. Two days and your brand and your speaking skills will be on target. So if you're a small company, an entrepreneur, maybe you're a coach or a freelance person and you're really looking to refine that message, uh, join me here in Atlanta, Georgia on September 15th and 16th for Stages Speaking and Branding Workshop. And as always, guys, I want to remind you to be you and beauty. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.